What is up, my love? Welcome to the Love Stands Here podcast. I'm your host, Megan Brianna from lovestandshere.com, and I'm a life coach, a certified eating psychology coach, but most of all, I'm just a girl who really loves Jesus and has spent a lot of time learning how to not only discover my worth through him, but also how to cultivate the characteristics that we're called into in order to live a healthy and purposeful life of love and service. My friend, living in the world can be really tough, and all too often we're taught beliefs and given messages by a broken society that make us feel like we're never enough and our worth is only skin deep. But I'm here to share some good news. Your worth is not in the world, but in God's beautiful word. So if you're looking for encouragement to live and love better, you're in the right place. Make sure to rate, subscribe, and share with your friends if you feel called, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Love ya. Happy Tuesday. Okie dokie. So we're going here. (laughs) Um, I was actually going to talk about more about relationships and awareness in relationships today, but I think I'll save that for next week or the week after because I feel so strongly um, that I'm supposed to chime in on everything that's going on with Roe v. Wade, but I do want to say that I'm going to come at it from a different perspective. I have a new angle about this. This is not pro-life versus pro-choice. This is not a polarizing conversation. This is something that I just want to share in hopes that it might shine some perspective because, so I'm a Christian I believe in the Bible. I believe that God is a good and loving God. And I do believe a million percent that every single human being was created by God from conception. I do believe that. But my issue that I've been seeing lately and I've had the hardest time putting into words how I'm feeling because I'm so grieved by this whole thing because, man, we really want to see it in a polarized way. We really want it to be you're either pro-life or you're pro-choice and there's no in the middle. And I see as Christians or as as pro people that are pro-life, we really want to just see the people that are pro-choice as pro-murder. And that is so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. And I don't know if you're a Christian or not. First of all, let me just say I love you. And I'm sorry if this whole situation has your heart feeling heavy. I'm sorry if it is causing you grief. I'm sorry if it is making you feel unsafe. And I'm sorry if you are feeling as though Christianity or whatever religion is pushing their beliefs, our beliefs onto you. I don't think that's okay. Somebody, I saw somebody on a TikTok video referring to it as this victory lap that it seems like Christians are taking and just kind of shoving shoving this in people's faces and celebrating it almost as if it's like, yay, I win. You know what I mean? And I don't think that's okay. I don't think that this is something that should be celebrated, to be honest. And I'm going to share why. And I just want to be fully transparent. I have not done research on Roe v. Wade. I know what I know based on... um you know, TikTok videos and my friends talking about it and just some articles that I've read, but I haven't dug into it. And I don't think I can because 
I will just go down a crazy hole that will just kill my heart and I I don't I don't want to do that to myself but for me the grief isn't necessarily about the situation in itself I mean it somewhat is but it's more about the way we're treating each other about the situation and how like I just I don't understand it because as Christians we're called to love our neighbor and being a Christian means working to be more Christ-like and bearing the fruit of the Spirit. And that's, you know, love, kindness, gentleness, goodness, um, self-control, and there's others, but those are the those are the five that I can think of right now that really apply to the way that we're speaking online and just speaking to each other in general. And I don't see that. I don't see compassion. I don't see grace. I don't see mercy. I just see pride. So let me talk about what I'm seeing and what is grieving me beyond just the conversation of one side versus the other because I know I can't be the only one seeing this. And I'm going to be, I wrote a lot about this and I'm going to be reading um, from what I've written. So if it sounds like very prompted, that's why. Because <laughs> it's just too important. A lot of times it's much easier for me to make sense if I write my words down first. So um, I think we can get lost in the Bible. And because of it, sometimes even start prioritizing religion over relationship without even knowing it. Yes, the word is where we find truth and spending time in the word is one of the best ways to open space for God to speak to us. But is it too much of a stretch to say that just like many other things, we can actually make knowing the words in the Bible an idol over our actual father? Reading the Bible, knowing the truth, and being able to quote scripture to others means little if we are doing it from a place of intellect versus wisdom and pride versus love. It means little if we become so caught up in saying the words that we forget to actually love the people we are speaking them to. It means little more than it did to the religious leaders that Jesus condemned. If we are, it's great to read the Bible, it's great to know the Bible, it's important to know scripture, and it's important to encourage people with scripture, and to encourage ourselves, and to be able to pull from the word when we're struggling with something, and and know God's promises, and know what he says to us. But if, if that's all we're doing, if we're just keeping it for ourselves, and to kind of speak at other people about and we're not invested in also having relationships, then we're really nothing more than modern day Pharisees. And we also have to remember that we're trying to share Jesus with people that don't know him. We're trying to show that having a relationship with Jesus is life-giving and it's transformational and it's really just the best thing in the entire world. It has been for me, completely changed my life. And while this idea of speaking the words of the Bible and speaking truth with love is familiar to those of us in the Christian community, it's completely unfamiliar to those that aren't. And in this situation, Roe v. Wade, we are speaking to a collective of many people, especially women that don't know Jesus. We're trying to correct and project what we know to be true onto women that can't even conceptualize what we're talking about. We're asking women that don't know the promises of God and who haven't experienced his unfailing grace and mercy and love to trust that all of this is a good thing. It's like trying to gut a fish before we've even caught it. 
But then in the next breath, we talk about how a relationship with God is a choice. He doesn't force us into a relationship with him. And many people aren't. Yet we're expecting them to suddenly start seeing things from a position of faith. And I guess maybe I can see it this way because for most of my adult life, I did not have Jesus. And I know for sure if I saw Christians behaving this way, you know, throwing this decision in people's faces as they are with an energy of quote unquote, just speaking truth and then moving on to the next thing without taking any action or providing any support and continued conversation that needs to happen afterwards, I, I would have run a million percent. I would not think that was a good thing. I would not see that as a representation of a loving, kind, generous, merciful father. And honestly, I absolutely think it's pointless and irresponsible to share an opinion publicly about issues, especially issues that don't affect us, even if it's a truth of the Bible, if we aren't doing it from a place of encouragement and or with the intention to act on behalf of our belief, if we aren't willing to have a conversation with a person who believes something different than us, if we aren't willing to listen, then we need to be very careful about what we're saying. And you know, it's so interesting to hear people supporting their content by saying, I'm just speaking truth, just speaking truth in love, just like Jesus did. Jesus spoke truth in love. And that's so true, but Jesus also had relationships with people that didn't understand. He actually was taking actionable steps to love people and have relationships with people. And so that's why I'm saying like, it's fine to speak the truth from a place of encouragement, but I mean, let's not just sit behind our phones and behind our computers and speak truth without, in our actual lives, taking action to have relationship with people and to support people and to share Jesus with people in an actionable way. Back to flying by the seat of my pants like I normally do. Um, I want to share this from a perspective. I want to talk about this from a perspective of social psychology and understanding how our society, our culture, our environments, our experiences shape our beliefs and how we see the world and how we see ourselves. And, you know, before I had a relationship with Jesus, I saw myself and I saw the world in a completely different way. And that's normal. Obviously, when you start building a relationship with Jesus and you really dig into that lifestyle and you allow him to, you allow God to start changing you, your perspective changes your perspective on who you are and what you have to offer changes, your perspective on life changes, your perspective on the world changes as it should. So we have to remember that when we are projecting our excitement for something onto people that don't know Jesus. So for example, you know, I talk about my life before Jesus a lot, but I haven't gotten too far into like the body and sex stuff. Um, And I won't go like too deep into it, but I do want to talk about it a little bit more. I think it's pretty obvious that our culture is self-absorbed and sex-driven. So as women who don't know Jesus, I mean, I guess I should just speak for myself, but I'm pretty sure this is typical. Um, We find our worth in how we look, what our bodies look like, and our sexual performance. Because that is what society teaches us is normal. All you have to do is look around. 
everything we see. It's it's all about sex. It's all appearance driven. Um, and so, so many women believe that their value, their worth is in their appearance and how attractive they are to men. And I was the same way. So I grew up, again, I grew up without a dad and I had no model of what love from an earthly man was supposed to look like. And my first teachers, quote unquote teachers, were little boys that told me that um, they would only go out with me, you know, when, when I was 12 or 13, if I lost weight. So from then on, I developed this belief that oh, my body is a problem. And if I look a certain way, then I will be attractive. And that is how I will be loved. And it was also validated by society and all of the things we see on TV, even going as far as Disney and how, you know, it's all about romance and stuff. And that's what love is supposed to look like. And that's what relationships are supposed to look like. And as Christian women, we understand that our value is so much deeper than that. It really has nothing to do with how we look. But when we don't have that relationship with Jesus, we don't know that. We don't know any better. So what ends up happening is we fall into behaviors and patterns that are destructive based on our experiences and our first teachers and the world around us because we just don't know any better. And for me, you know, just being honest, uh, I was very engaged in diet culture. I was deep in diet culture because I was constantly trying to change my body to be better, to look better, to be more attractive. And I placed my worth completely in what men thought of me. So if I would go out and I didn't get any attention from men, I would go home feeling worthless. Or if I would go out and some guy didn't want to have sex with me, I would feel completely worthless. In my relationships, most of them were very sex-driven. And when I wasn't in relationships, I had no idea how to value myself without a man in my life. So I was constantly going out and I was constantly putting myself in unsafe situations because those were the only places that I could find value because of my beliefs and what society had taught me and what my first teachers had taught me. So going back to what I said at the beginning of this message where I said, I don't necessarily think it's a great thing that we're celebrating this. It's because this decision affects women that are Christian and aren't Christian alike. And while those of us that have a relationship with Jesus know the promises of God, women that don't have a relationship with Jesus are going to continue to be lost they're going to continue to have unhealthy relationships with men and look for their worth in their body and in their sexual performance because that's what the world is going to continue to tell them is important. So we have all of this going on in the world and all of these belief systems and all of this toxicity. And unfortunately, I don't see that belief system going anywhere anytime soon. We're going to continue to be taught that our value is in our bodies and in our sexual performance. All of this to say, we really need to be careful about celebrating when a belief that we have is validated, when it is negatively affecting somebody's mental health that doesn't have Jesus in their life. Because having resources from the world taken away from us as Christians 
we know that that's actually a good thing because it's getting us closer to God and it's actually helping us become better. It's helping us live better and it's helping our mental health and it's helping our emotional health and it's helping our physical health and our spiritual health and our financial health. And what's even greater about that is once we can get to a good place, once we can get to a healthier place mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, financially, whatever it might be, we can help others better and we can love others better. But when we don't know Jesus, all it feels like is people trying to control us and people trying to rip things away and people trying to force us into something that we don't want to be forced into. And we have to keep that in mind before we start celebrating. That is what has been grieving me. We have to love people and we have to have empathy. We can't just be okay with seeing things from our own perspective and letting that be enough. We have to learn to put ourselves in other people's shoes and understand that we are all doing our best at our own level of awareness. There is so much beauty in the Bible. There are so many encouraging, uplifting, loving words. There's so much grace. There's so much mercy. It is such a beautiful place to be, is reading the Bible. And I would not change my relationship with Jesus for the world because I've never felt love in the way that I felt it since I started this journey. And it's really hard to explain, but I just want to point out, as humans, I think it's really easy when we feel very strongly about something, when we have an opinion about something and we're really emotional about it, to look for evidence to support that belief. And when it's in the Bible, as Christians, we really harp on it because if it's in the Bible and it supports our opinion, I mean, it must be absolutely true. And for the most part, that's right. As long as you've got the context right, whatever. But, the problem is we end up banking on just a few pieces of scripture and we forget that there are other parts of scripture that might help us see it in a different way and provide us with new pieces of wisdom that might help us connect with other people better and might help us build relationships better. And I know that one of the verses that people are really banking on right now is Jeremiah 1 5 and it says and this is the message version before I shaved you in the womb I knew all about you before you saw the light of day I had holy plans for you a prophet to the nations that's what I had in mind for you that is such a beautiful passage because it's telling us that God knew us before we were even conceived so this is why I believe that from conception, we are life. But it's a beautiful thing. And it gets to be a beautiful thing. The problem is, we're using this scripture as a weapon. And that's where it gets dangerous. And I'm reminded, you know, I think in these moments, we have to remember that we're supposed to be united. We're supposed to come together and not focus so much on the polarity and the opinions, but remember that we're speaking to humans and we're speaking into other humans' lives and the nuances of their lives. And that needs to be loving. You know, just as we want people to love us and we would like for people to try to see things from our perspective, we have to do that with other people. It's humans we're talking to. It's not the situation. And so 
I like in these situations to go to, you know, Paul's letters to the churches because there's so much love. There's so much, there's so many life speaking words in those messages, um, you know, first and second Corinthians and Galatians and Romans, especially. And I'm thinking about Romans 14 right now. And I like to read things in the message version sometimes because it's a little quirkier and more in story form, but it has the same context. So, but in this chapter, Paul is talking to people basically about the fact that we have to remember that we're all at different levels in our spiritual journey. And we have to have an awareness of that when we speak to each other. So we're not projecting our own level of our journey onto other people. And there's so many good words. I don't want to read the whole thing because it's a little bit long. But a couple of points he makes, first of all, in Romans 14, 1, he says, welcome with open arms, fellow believers who don't see things the way you do and don't jump all over them every time they do or say something you don't agree with, even when it seems that they are strong on opinions, but weak in the faith department. Remember, they have their own history to deal with. Treat them gently. And in 13 and 14, he says, forget about deciding what's right for each other. Here's what you need to be concerned about, that you don't get in the way of someone else, making life more difficult than it already is. I'm convinced, Jesus convinced me that everything as it is in itself is holy. We, of course, by the way we treat it or talk about it can contaminate it. And in a past um, episode, I mentioned that the Bible is holy. The Bible is black and white, but when we apply it to a broken world, it becomes gray. And this kind of sums that up beautifully, that everything as it is in itself is holy, but we, when we take it, we can contaminate it by the way we talk about it or treat it, right? So that also, you know, with Jeremiah um, 1.5, it's such a beautiful thing. It's such a beautiful thing to think that God shaped us before we were ever in the womb, but when people are using it as a weapon, it's not so great, right? And then in 19 through 21, he says, so let's agree to use all our energy in getting along with each other. Help others with encouraging words. Don't drag them down by finding fault. You're certainly not going to permit an argument over what is served or not served at supper to wreck God's work among you, are you? I said it before and I'll say it again. All food is good, but it can turn bad if you use it badly, if you use it to trip others up and send them sprawling. All of these things. We have to take the word for what it is and also understand that sometimes, because we're human and we're emotional and we let those emotions control us, and I've been guilty of this several times and I still do it, we can contaminate the word when we're sharing it with other people. But reading through this, this is all about remembering that it's about relationships and our fight is not against people. Ephesians 6.12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. We are not fighting against each other. We're fighting against Satan and the evil that is in the world and When we don't see human beings as children of God, we risk seeing them as Satan themselves when really it's just Satan working in them. We can be frustrated by sin and by wrong behavior, but we have to know that that isn't the person. It's the world working through the person. 
And when we speak to those things, that's when we create destruction and division. So I don't know if this was helpful. I don't know if it was relatable to anything that you've been feeling. Um, I would love to hear. And I also just want to encourage you, first of all, I hope you don't feel condemned by anything that I've been saying, because whether you are, whether you label yourself pro-life or pro-choice, or even if you don't have an opinion, and that's okay too, it's okay to not have an opinion and to feel confused. It's all right. We don't have to be polarized, especially if our priority is people and relationships. It's normal to not want polarity, okay? So, but it doesn't matter regardless if you if you feel very strongly about one way or the other or you don't want to have an opinion, Jesus loves you and we're all humans and we're all doing the best that we can. So I don't want you to feel condemned. If anything, I just I'm just sharing from my perspective. I'm sharing wisdom that I've gained from my experiences and trying to show how the Bible speaks into these things. And if you have found yourself in a position where this that's going on with Roe v. Wade makes you feel unsafe or makes you feel like the government or a bunch of people are trying to control you or men are trying to control you and it's very triggering, my heart is with you. And I don't know if you know Jesus. And this is not me. Believe me, if you haven't gained that I don't think it's right to force religion or belief on people yet I'll tell you right now I am not trying to force anything on you just sharing from my experience Jesus is the best thing that ever happened to me and in a world where I used to feel so taken advantage of and so unsafe and like I had no value and I had no worth I now don't feel that way anymore because of my relationship with Jesus And it's not about legalism. It's not about following a bunch of rules. It's about prayer and it's about faith. And it's about believing that God has amazing things for you. And in that relationship and on that journey, you learn that your value is in God and you have a purpose and your worth is so much deeper than your body and your sexual performance and everything that the world tells you it is. And it's just an incredible journey. And it's difficult, but it's difficult because you're unlearning all of the habits and the beliefs that you've had. And that's really hard because even when we're walking in the direction of health and betterment, it oftentimes feels awful because it's the unknown. It doesn't matter if we're if we know we're walking away from toxicity and all we know is toxicity. It's hard because it's what we know and it's what we're comfortable with, you know. So it is a difficult journey, but it's beautiful. And God has put amazing friendships in my life, amazing, supportive women and men. I, you know, at the beginning of this year, I was still terrified of men. And I I don't remember what episode it was, but I was sharing that I'm still so scared of like letting a man speak into my life and trusting him and just in the past couple of months because I've leaned into that fear and I've surrendered it to God I'm noticing that I'm able to have more wonderful conversation with men and I'm starting to trust more and I've never been able to do that and I'm in wonderful environments and just so many blessings 
you know, I've been able to be grateful for the things that I have and shift my mindset. So gratitude is my number one over, you know, worrying about what I don't have. And really, Jesus is such a blessing. And I know that I would feel very scared as a woman um, with this decision if I didn't have him. And also know that if you don't have Jesus, it's okay if you're frustrated (laughs) by religion um, or the Christian belief kind of celebrating everything that's going on. I think for the most part, most people's intention is just celebrating life, but it doesn't come off that way. It really just comes off more prideful. And I see that, but know that my heart is for you. And, um, you know, my heart is for everybody and for mental health and for emotional health and for spiritual health and physical health and safety and love and all of the fruit of the spirit and having healthy relationships. So I am here for you. I'm here to encourage you. I'm here to lift you up. If you need to have a conversation, if you're struggling with this, feel free to reach out to me. You can email me hello at lovestandshere.com. You can find me on Instagram, love underscore stands underscore here. Anything, just I'm open to having conversation and to listening. And I love you. That's all for today. Thank you, as always, for listening. And hey, if you don't mind, would you do me a favor and rate, review, and share this message with somebody if you feel like it hit home so we can get these messages out to more people. And also, you can go over to lovestandshere.com if you want to check out my blog posts. And also, if you would like to contact me, if you have any questions or comments or you would like to be a guest on the podcast, you can head on over there. You can also follow me at love underscore stands underscore here on Instagram. I hope you have a great week. I love you and I will talk to you next week. Bye.